This is Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer, where we set the table for Christian conversations that explore the Scripture, promote prayer, and seek to edify the body of Christ. For more information about Greenville House of Prayer or to contact us, please visit our website at ghopsc.org or connect with us on Facebook at Greenville House of Prayer. Now for today's broadcast. Welcome to another episode of Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer. My name's Curtis Carr, here with my co-host Dustin Hughes, and we have back in the studio Jeremy Havlin with Renovation Church. Jeremy, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank good. you. Dustin, good. and you? Doing good. great, sir. Doing yeah, good. Once again, doing great. Right. Well, last episode we, uh, we mentioned and brought up One Prayer, which yeah. is a uh, movement of local churches, local pastors that are working together to you know, advance and inspire the Christian unity for which Jesus prayed in John 17. You can find out more information about One Prayer uh, by visiting the website at OnePrayerSC, that's O-N-E, PrayerSC.com. And One Prayer has a worship and prayer gathering that's coming up on Sunday, November the 15th. Um, from 5 to 7 p.m. It'll be at First Presbyterian Church. And there's, I think there's about a dozen uh, local churches that are going to be involved in this um, prayer gathering, coming together to pray together for local, greater local church unity in the upstate, in our area. Um, and it's been really encouraging to see some of the relationships that have been built and um, the way that the Lord is is using one prayer. We'd love for you, our audience, to uh, to join us at that gathering. Again, you can find out more information at oneprayersc.com. Um, but let's jump back into talking about, yeah. you know, unity. You know, Jeremy, in the last episode, you shared um, a lot of good insights as far as you know, what that could look like and, and, you know, ways that you as a lead pastor and as Renovation Church have kind of postured your heart for, mm-hmm. uh, for being about the kingdom more than just about your own congregation. Um, and it's really encouraging to hear that. Uh, but let's talk I mean, maybe a little bit more about what the outworking of unity could look like in our area and maybe dream a little bit about that yeah. um, and, and how we can we can all encourage one another to, to pursue that more fully. I mean, me personally, and with w- one prayer, uh, it's more of a rallying cry of, hey, you know, John 17 is, is like one of the clearest expressions of Jesus' heart for the church. Are we pursuing this intentionally? You know, mm-hmm. let's rally people to that, rally people to the table. Hey, let's build relationships with one another. We're on the same team. We want to l- love one another well and work together for the sake of the kingdom. And then out of that place, we're kind of asking God, what does that look like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe if you want to share just a little bit of what you've experienced, you know, or what you believe God's doing or what you hope he's doing or dreaming about in regards to unity in, in our area, and we can kind of uh, jump off of that. Absolutely. I'd be honored to do that. Uh, before I do, you know, uh, last time I was here, I was able to take a second just to honor a Greenville House of Prayer and all that you guys do for that. And I, I just wanted to take a moment to recognize, you know, I, I believe that there's actually a lot of people here in the upstate who for years have been praying for God yeah, to move in this way. I believe it, yeah, 100%. And who maybe we don't we, we would never know, but they have been on their knees. They have been asking God for God to do something like this. And the very fact that we're even having this conversation on the radio, uh, the very fact that this one prayer event that's happening mm-hmm. – uh, that's going to be a room full of different denominations is a real thing, not way off in the distance, but right here yeah. is truly an awesome thing. And I just wanted to, you know, if, if 
if you've been praying for years, I, I want you to know all of your prayers are precious to the Lord and that he hears those and that God is in the midst of moving and answering those. And, and it's really exciting as a pastor now in this area to see him move in those ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just want to honor all of you guys who have spent those times praying that no one's seen and just thank you for, for your faithfulness with that um, to do that. Um, you know, the question that you had just about witnessing or experiencing church unity, I want to say this. I think f- probably first uh, we need to have a mindset change in terms of where we are and I'm sp- speaking specifically about the upstate. I mentioned this last time we were here, but there's, we have to understand that, that God never called us to be comfortable. He mm-hmm. called us to be obedient. And mm-hmm. as society shifts and becomes more challenging, you're going to see that either you're going to go with what our current culture is saying, or you're going to have to stand on what you believe scripture says. And, um, and, and, and that naturally is going to carry what scripture says, be countercultural. Um, but that Jesus, he is enough for us. And that, so our mindset, um, in my opinion, honestly, before we can even think about church unity needs to be more of Lord, we want to walk in the obedience of what you're doing. Yeah. We don't want to do what's comfortable. We want to do what's easy. We want to do what is worthwhile. And so our mindset isn't, um, and what's best for us, our mindset is just what, how can we honor you with this? And it's not, yeah, it's not a blind unity. It's a unity yes. unto Jesus exactly. and according, exactly. and according exactly. to scripture. Yeah, with him being good. the cornerstone, the foundation. Yeah. Place of yeah. obedience. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The other major shift, which I think is really important. And I grew up in the church, um, is for so long you, you go to church and that's the most natural thing ever. And we understand in our minds that church is not a building. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're not careful, you might come to think of church as a service. Well, you go to church. It's a Sunday morning. That's what church is. Mm-hmm. And with this pandemic that hit, where so many churches closed, and yes, they shifted to online, how do you assemble when people were closed? Mm-hmm. And something really interesting, I think, really began to happen, which is a shift in the way we think about church being itself. Because you don't go to church. We are the church. Oh, yeah. And out of all the places that God could choose to make his home, he chose to make his home in our hearts and then to call us part of a body, a body which is alive and to call us his church. So if we try and jump first to me to wanting to be unified, to me that's always tricky because we do come from different backgrounds. We do come from different places and we're just, we're on, in some ways we can be, we can just be on very different ends of how we view things of how mm-hmm. church should go. But if we change our mindset, number one, it's not about being comfortable. It's about being obedient. But number two, you don't go to church. We are the church. Mm-hmm. It's who we are. And whether you're a dentist or whether you're a plumber or whether you are an attorney or whether or not you know, you're know you a carpenter, all those things, once you realize that even with that profession that you are still part of a body of Christ when you mm-hmm. are the church, then we are all working together. Yeah. And when you go to church, then you have paid staff and it's their job to do the work of the ministry. But that's actually not even biblical. Ephesians says it's their job to equip the people to do the work of the ministry. So to try and jump to unity without laying kind of those two groundworks, in my opinion, we're not, we're, we're walking into what is probably challenging. When you look in the book of Acts, their life was far from easy, but they experienced a true move of God. And the reason why I think that's important, and I'm sorry to lay such a long groundwork, but the reason why I think that's so important is this, you know, if we want to see God move, why would God move to an immature church? Mm Mm-hmm. And trust goes both ways. It's not just us trusting God to do something. If God's going to pour out his spirit, would he pour out his spirit to people who can't steward it well or to people who who would take it to build their own names or reputations on what he might be doing? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so it has to come from a posture of, Lord, you you are the cornerstone. You are the one that's there. Our mindset is, you know, we're not walking in, in a consumer mindset of what can the church do for me. We're walking in a mindset, I am the church. Yeah. So, I, and I think that's an important one 
one thing you mentioned was that we are a part, seeing ourselves as a part of a bigger body. Yeah. And essentially, and it's helped me, that I'm a part of a family. And this person that I may be ex- across the table with or the person across the road, if, you know, if they're believers in Jesus and born again in him and believe the scripture, that's my family. And I may have some disagreements with them, you know, but my natural family I have disagreements with and, you know, we'll argue and fight it out, but they're still my family and I still love them and I'll still fight for them and whatever else. So for me, it helps to have that perspective of, you know, church is not whatever name is on the logo or what time our service meets, but church is this global family of God, this body of Christ. And I'm a part of that. And... I'm to work together and be knit together with other parts of the body, and how can we work together? Mm-hmm. It changes the whole perspective on on even individual relationships. Then, you know, because mm-hmm. there's a bigger a bigger drama going on where this relationship matters in the midst of that bigger drama. So I'm going to work and fight for that relationship in the context of love and and Jesus being the center of it all. And mm-hmm. I would also say, you know, in a lot of ways, we, we don't want church to look the same. We don't want all churches to look the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And they shouldn't look the same. And I think to try and, you know, there's a difference between unity and uniformity. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uniformity is 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 so boring. Who yeah. wants that? Yeah. What we need is the richness of the body of Christ. We it's a it's it's a full and complete body and and the truth is my heart is this, you know, as a pastor who's been serving in, in full-time ministry as a missionary and now as a pastor for, gosh, 17 years, um, and then having watched my parents over ministry, my hope is that we would see, you know, it, it feels like, um, it feels like very much the church is on the defensive right yeah, now. Yeah. That the culture is completely walking away from God. It doesn't care what the church has to say. We've lost relevance or, or, or the ability to speak into where we are as a society. And in a lot of ways, the world doesn't want to hear what we have to say. And, and they're not, they're not going to hear what we have to say. So what needs to happen is they need to see the gospel played out. Mm-hmm. In order to see the gospel played out, that means that we can't just say we love each other. We actually need to be able to display that we love each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meaning that there needs to, the, the spirit that is in the church must be different from the spirit that is in the, in, in mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. And so if you have, you know, you look at the fruits of the spirit in Galatians, um, the, all of those things, when, once you have love, joy, peace, once those things are being displayed by believers and we're sharing those in common, despite the stylistic differences of churches, not trying to make different styles of churches fit into one church, that's the wrong move because we're, we are different. Let's celebrate the fact that stylistically we're different. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Jesus is the center. Yeah. Now the church is diverse. Mm-hmm. Now the church is, is, is more robust and can do more things, but the name of Jesus gets praised. Um, now the world is going to see, wait a second, they have something that we don't have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, when you look at the book of Acts, the church had power. I mean, the church literally, they, they were, I mean, the church was a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus said this, I will build my church and not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. And that is not a defensive term, that's an offensive yeah. term. Mm-hmm. Meaning that it's going to literally park itself at the gates of hell and the hell can't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so a lot of ways, my prayer is that the tide of the church will change. How does, in other words, that people will begin to see that there's a different spirit in the church. And how that how I believe that will play itself out is that as churches, we now are fighting for kingdom mindset. We are now sharing our resources. And people who, who normally would never care about what's happening in church are going to look and see what's happening in the church. And, you know, regardless of the name, as long as Jesus is at the center of that and their, their beliefs, as long as those core values are the same, 
then then and there's a sharing of that, then I think there can be true influence and power. Well, you know, Jesus himself in, in John 17 shows us that true unity is evangelical in nature. I mean, so yeah. many churches are all about, which is great. I mean, you know, we got we got to reach to the end of the end of the end of the earth. You know, they take the great commission of of sharing the gospel. We realize that true biblical unity that Jesus prayed for, that's that can be a part of your evangelism. It should be a part of your evangelism strategy. Because he said, you know, we yeah, pray. John 17, verse 22, yeah, he said, I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you've loved me. So our unity is God has given us glory so that we can be united. I mean, that's part of the purpose of him giving us access to his very glory is so we can be united. And then in that unity, it testifies to the world that... One, he sent Jesus, that Jesus is Amen. sent from God. He's God in the flesh. And then two, that God loves the church with the same love that he loves Jesus. I mean, that's uh, one of the greatest witnessing tools is the way that we pursue unity. Exactly. So maybe we should make that a priority in our, you know, in our Christian life is unity with one another. And like you said, it's not just about when you realize that it's not just uniformity and it's not even about like being able to hold hands and, you know, have a, have a great sing-along. It really is a tool to be offensive in the kingdom of God, to advance his kingdom, true biblical unity. And we see it as that. I think it changes the whole perspective on and I think why we what, do it. One thing that you highlighted, and we mentioned it in the last episode, is that God, I think it, glor- it glorifies God when there's great diversity within his church. Absolutely. When we're united in our diversity. You know, there's a beauty in that diversity that though we can be so different, I mean, God can take the Jew and the Gentile and marry them together in one one body with one focus and one goal uh, under the leadership of Jesus. That glorifies the leadership of Jesus. That glorifies the mission of of God. And what happens is it adds validity to the actual thing. So let's say that you take any kind of issue. If you have one church saying, you know, we believe in this one issue, they can stand on that and they can hold on to that truth. But let's say you take 10 churches— of very different styles, mm-hmm. kinds of worship, and they all say, no, we believe in this one issue. Now it's a little bit more noticeable. Yeah. Now let's say you take 100 churches of varying sizes, of varying styles. <laughs> what, who's going to – I mean, it adds credence and power to something that yeah. is substantial. And as a pastor, what I see right now, first and foremost, I guess, I, I never want to play church. I never want to pretend. I don't want ever it to be something where you have to – like. Who cares to me, and who cares about the color of carpet? What Mm -hmm. matters to me is, God, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Because he is the one who transforms lives. He is the one who who renews. He's the one who can do all these different things in our hearts. And so this idea that, wait a second, churches, we actually are not competing with each other? That, wait a second, because the enemy is out there. the, The Bible calls him the prince of the air. We no longer need to be, like, we don't need to be so reactive to what the enemy is doing because we have a king who sits on a throne and we're marching. He's the Lord of Heaven's armies. Yeah. The best days of the church are not behind us. They are in front of Amen. us. Amen. And I think that the diversity that's already in place is actually going to live, li- uh, uh, lend credence to the weight in which we finally, all, we, we all stand together and we say, we, well, like you said earlier, we may not always agree on everything. Mm-hmm. I think some we've defined love that in order to love somebody, you have to agree with them. Right. And that's just not love. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to agree with everyone, um, but that you can look at someone and say, listen, Jesus transformed my life, and he is the one that I believe in. And under his name, uh, and there is no other name on, on heaven and earth in which man can be saved. Yeah. And, and when that happens, it gives – now the game changes. Now instead of being so reactive, the churches feel like they're shrinking, things aren't working well. 
Now all of a sudden we come alive. We don't go to church. We are the church. And not only are we the church, but we're not alone or isolated. Now all of a sudden we recognize there's other people who have been walking in my same shoes. You know, one of the things when churches are siloed is, and we referenced this earlier, is there's just a lack of margin. Mm -hmm. How, how, How do you deal with things when there's a lack of margin? You know, you're just barely, you're barely making it. You're tired. And these are real things. Well, all of a sudden, if we begin to change a little bit of the paradigm and instead of being reactive or defensive in these things, we can turn and say, wait a second. No, no, no. You're not alone in this. You have a whole host of brothers and sisters in the Lord who are walking God's kingdom with you and, 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 and who are with you. We all agree on these things right here. It just, it brings new life into something. And mm-hmm. I think that's what the Lord is doing in, in the hearts of pastors and leaders and mm-hmm. church members all over the world, but especially this area, we're focused yeah. on this area and praying this area. And that's you know why Jihop prays regularly for the local church, and and why uh, one prayer does what it what it does. You know, is we want to cr- kind of create space for more of those conversations to happen, create space for pastors and leaders to come together and pray together and link arms and say, wow, there's far more that you know unites us than divides us. Um, so I would you know if you're listening, I would encourage you to to visit uh, our website, One Prayer sc.com oneprayersc.com and consider joining us on Sunday November the 15th from 5 to 7 p.m. at First Presbyterian Church in downtown Greenville we'll be hosting a worship and prayer gathering praying for uh, church unity but also displaying church unity i mean there's uh, pastors and leaders from of various denominations coming together under the banner of Jesus to worship Jesus and say, we are on the same team and we're going to pray uh, for our community. Uh, so Sunday, November the 15th, the One Prayer Gathering at First Presbyterian Church. You can find out more information at oneprayersc.com. And we also have a, a luncheon, a pastor's fellowship and prayer luncheon. October 28th, right? Yeah, on October 28th, and then we meet every other uh, month for lunch just to create space for pastors to meet and connect and and pray and try to figure out what what does unity look like? God, what are you Mm -hmm. calling us to do? And I know there's a lot of different groups that are doing similar things, and and as you mentioned, Jeremy, you're meeting with pastors all the time to build those relationships. Something I want to go back that you were saying earlier, you know, one of the uh, groundwork that you laid is the willingness to get uncomfortable. That we're, we're called to be obedient, not to be not to be comfortable. And I think that's important in the pursuit of unity because there has to be the place where you're willing to step into a place or step into situations that aren't comfortable. And hear me say this: just because something feels uncomfortable doesn't mean that God doesn't want you there. Uh, I think I think a lot of people identify a feeling of discomfort or a feeling of like. This feels a little bit weird as God, and it may be. There could be cases where it is the Holy Spirit speaking to them, but just because it may feel a little bit different or weird doesn't equal that you shouldn't be there. And also the willingness, and it's hard because a lot of, for pastors, I mean, one of the great things about pastors is that they're strong leaders. That's, I mean, that is a great trait about pastors. But it's okay to walk into a situation and think to yourself, not the way I would have done it, but that's okay. God's still, God's still mm-hmm. moving here. And to be okay with that, you know, I mean, have you seen that to be true? Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, and you asked me a question at the beginning of this episode of just what is the dream or how does it actually come to pass? And I would say that for a pastor, and I'm speaking directly to pastors, you know, so an example, one of the things that we've seen the Lord do at Renovation Church is um, 
our worship pastor has been invited to lead worship at First Baptist in Simpsonville and invited to lead worship at Hope Church in Simpsonville. And as a pastor, I, 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 it's been my joy that he could mm-hmm. go over there to the First Baptist of Simpsonville's contemporary service and lead worship, that he has an opportunity to lead worship at Hope Church. These are not churches that are out of state. These are churches that are literally mm-hmm. within a seven-minute radius of where mm-hmm. our church is. And, and, and so that gives me joy. That doesn't actually make me uncomfortable um, because I recognize that, you know, first of all, if the Lord is in control of all this stuff. He's our provider. And one of the things is is to actually embrace that, yeah. to embrace. It might feel yeah. uncomfortable, pastors, to relinquish things, resources that you might think, well, these are to help build us up. Well, ultimately what I – so let me say this. I have found we, – we started something uh, called Worship Cooperative at Renovation Church, which essentially was on Monday nights, was a worship training time where we opened it up to churches in the area and they could send people in their church to want to get training in different aspects of worship. Mm-hmm. And I commend my worship pastor, Joe, to be able to do that. And we may, we allowed, we said, listen, part of your job is to, I mean, if you want to do this and he, he just in a, such a humble way launched this worship cooperative thing. And for the past several years, we had up to seven different churches on Monday nights, send their people to our church. And at first they were like, well, are we sending people to your church so they could stay at your church? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a real thing. And, mm-hmm. and they <laughs> since realized, no, 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 we want to, we we have no interest in keeping anybody. We want them to go back to your church so that they can be a blessing. Yeah. And that feeling, when we talk about comfortable, often revolves around resources. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and if you want to be uncomfortable, then you have to relinquish the rights to resources. All That's of right. it is God's to begin with. Yeah. And so, at, and but here's what's amazing: as we as we have relinquished resources, as we started doing this thing with Worship Cooperative, we have found ourselves so unbelievably blessed with a multitude of musicians on our end yeah. mm-hmm. that we never had lack for anything. Yeah. And even as we were participating in helping train different people and volunteers from other churches, Renovation Church never suffered. We never suffered any of that. In fact, God overwhelmingly blessed us. And so... And I think you got to be intentional with yes. that. Yeah. You, know, you got to stare that discomfort or that what if in the face and say, no, I'm going to be obedient and and go against maybe what I feel or maybe what the accountant's telling me to do, you know, and I'm going to bless this other church. Like local pastors, local churches, think about maybe how you could bless the church down the street, you know, mm-hmm. think, start thinking that way. I was reminded of the scripture, you know, that we are to consider one another as better than ourselves. Yeah. Like, are you considering the church down the road as better than your own church? Like, are we thinking that way and really trying to celebrate and honor uh, at the heart level, do we really celebrate the wins of the kingdom wins of other congregations, mm-hmm. right? Uh, one thing we do with, with the, it's called the Local Church Prayer Initiative with uh, the Greenville House Prayers. We try to identify four local churches to pray for every month to encourage members to, one, pray for their own local church and pastor because that's needed. Church members, you need to pray for your pastors. They need your prayer. Uh, but two, to pray for other churches in our city so that we're not so focused on ourselves or our own community, but we're focused on other communities and what the Lord's doing all over our city. Um, and, and it's just to help cultivate that mentality mm-hmm. of thinking outside of our own congregation, our own demographic, and be looking towards the success of other congregations and you other know, demographics. And to what you said earlier, Curtis, when you, when you view it as if, Instead of my church in Greenville, but you view it as the church in Greenville yeah. seeking to glorify Jesus. And like you said, you view it as family. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, my I wouldn't view my brother's success if he did something great or won an award as like terrible thing. That's like, it's, it's look what somebody did in my family. Yeah. And so when you hear about 
the successes of other churches or the struggles. You know, rejoice when they rejoice, mourn when they mourn. It, if you view it like a family, like the church in Greenwood, can really change your mentality and your yeah. mindset there. And the reason, that, to me, why that matters so much is because that 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 heartbeat, that that mindset, is what lends itself to being able to have unity. I don't believe that all churches are called to do everything. So, like our church yeah. can't do everything. You know, we're limited. In, in, in to the things that we, we feel like we're called to do. And I think it's a mistake to think that all churches should do everything. That's one of the reasons why I think churches lack margin. But if churches begin to realize, wait a second, we don't have to do everything. We can do some things that God has clearly called us to do. But there's a church down the road that is doing this thing that we're not doing, but doing it well. Yeah. And we're excited about what God is doing. And all of a sudden there's a bridge in which there's a sharing of resources yeah. and, and connections. Now the church actually becomes full now the body becomes uh, uh, working together. Now it's a robust thing, it, and it's the, again the tide begins to turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of individual siloed churches, now, like you said, we are the church, and this church might excel at, at missions. They might be incredible missions. This other church might be really good at counseling. This other church mm-hmm. might be great at kids. Another church might be really good in the discipleship arena. Again, not. You know, there are certain maybe foundational things that a lot of churches should hopefully do, and you know, welcome people, love people, but at the end of the day. Those connections and how churches work together, it begins to change drastically how you yeah. view the church when you're part of a bigger body. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's happening in our area. I'm really yeah, excited. Yeah, you know, definitely. there's there's small pockets of it and expressions of it. Of course, there's so much more. You know, I mean, the f- fulfillment of Jesus's prayer in John 17. We got a long way to go, <laughs> but we can be confident that if Jesus, if that's his heart, that's his prayer. He'll empower us to walk it out, right? Mm-hmm. He'll if we say yes to that and are willing to follow his orders and you know follow him in obedience and step out of our comfort zone, we'll see the fruit of that in our lives. He'll give us he's not going to pray something and call us to something and not empower us to to walk it out. And so, you know, let's ask the Lord, what's our what's our part? Well, yeah. You know, how can I do that? Work it in my heart first, mm-hmm. you know, start internally. I want to have true affection for the body of Christ in our area. And then show me what it looks like to walk it out. Um, well, we're out of time again. Um, Jeremy, thank you so much for being here, man, and, and for all that you do in this area. And yeah. you've just been such a, a blessing. Um, really encouraging, yeah, man, really. And, and just seeing you uh, live it out day in and day out and knowing what renovation does or a little bit of what renovation does. Um, you know, Thank you for that and the way that you encourage other pastors to do that as well. Um, we love you guys and bless you guys. So Thank you very much. Um, it really is an honor. W- will you close us in prayer uh, once to. again? Yeah. Dear Father, I just pray right now. I, I believe with my heart, Lord, that your bride, your church, of all different styles and sizes and denominations, Lord, that you, Lord, uh, are wanting to do something very special here in the upstate. And I pray, Lord, that we as your church, we would have... Um, the willingness to be obedient to your lead, that we would see uh, the things that you've called us to see, that we would love um, people, Lord, unlike any time we ever had before, and that we would see your church begin to come alive, that we would begin to recognize and experience what it means for churches to actually begin to work together, and that the amount of miracles and stories that actually come forth as a result of this would truly be amazing. As, as you begin to move in your church. So I thank you for your bride. I thank you for your church. I thank you, Lord, that even as things might be changing around us in our nation, Lord, our hope is found in you and your church 
uh, Lord is alive. Uh, and I just thank you for that, Lord. We, we just thank you for the privilege of it. We just, we honor your name, Jesus, uh, and thank you for all these things in your wonderful name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for tuning in. I want to encourage you, you know, lean into the Lord and, and make that prayer of Jesus in John 17 uh, your own. Pray that prayer, agree with him, and ask him how he would have you to walk it out in, in your sphere of influence. Until um, next week, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's broadcast of Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer. We pray you've been encouraged and hope you'll join us next week as we continue to host Christian conversations that explore the scripture, promote prayer, and edify the body of Christ. For more information about Greenville House of Prayer or to contact us, please visit our website at ghopsc.org or connect with us on Facebook at the Greenville House of Prayer.